Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's All right. Welcome to another edition of the JP Peterson Show here coming to you. Live from Las Vegas, it's Thursday, and it's the J.P. Peterson Show. Welcome in. Um, yes, I am out uh, in the <laughs> on the surface of the sun in Las Vegas, where it was 104 degrees when I landed the other night. <laughs> I'm uh, producing a video for um, a, a company called 3B Protection, MK Perimeter. I do industrial videos as well now, uh, part of my many jobs. So I got to fire a 50 cal World War II machine gun yesterday, which I put up on my video if you want to go check that out. So that's what I'm doing out here in Las Vegas. Actually doing a little sports reporting as well, which we'll get to later on. Uh, a lot of gambling issues going on out here in Vegas. But I'll say good morning to you, Nick Geddes, in our St. Petersburg RHS TV studios. How are you this morning? Uh, again, just like I said yesterday, uh, I'm trying to forget about another dreadful, dreadful watch wow. known as... Your Tampa Bay Rays. See, you you got it easy, JP. You got yeah. it easy. You jet set it over to Las Vegas. You told me that you didn't get a chance to see the game yesterday because you were working when it happened—a daytime game. Shucks. Yeah. Damn, you missed it. Meanwhile, Darn. I get done with the show yesterday. I get home. I'm like really tired. It was just one of those days where I was just like, man, I don't feel like doing anything. And I got a story, by the way, for that, by the way, to get to as well. But I oh. sat down and I was like, oh, the Rays play today. Maybe this will get me going a little bit. Nope. Nope. A couple innings in, a few innings in, zero runs being scored. I'm starting to just just, just yeah. doing that again. I mean, that's what the Rays have become for me at the moment. I mean, it, it, these are hard games to watch because of how they're frustrating so, they are. They're so bad that even if they acquire Otani, I don't think they're going to be any good. That's how bad they are. Mm-hmm. That Even if they get the greatest player in the history of the game, at least for this short amount of time it may not make a difference that's how bad they are <laughs> i don't know if i'll go that <laughs> far i don't know if i'll go that far because i i would assume an addition like that would put a jolt into your to your clubhouse yeah. a little bit and get everybody going but the way it is right, right now me, this is just not a good baseball team at this moment all right we're gonna dive into that let me set up the show here a little bit brought to you by the great folks at the jeeves law group j-e-e-v-e-s law group.com personal injury personal attention if you have been involved in an accident, they are the folks to go see. They will get you right. And Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com, uh, and all our other great sponsors, which we'll tell you about as the show goes on. But Rich Hollenberg, I mean, of all days, do we need some positive Rich? Do we need some positive Rich? We need some positive Rich. So Rich Hollenberg's going to join us today and try to buoy our spirits. Um, and there's there is hope, folks. Don't don't lose all hope. Um, you know me. I've been kind of negative about the the race for quite some time now. But even I, even I can offer up some hope today. So we'll dive into that as well. An emerging story that is going to be the biggest story probably of the day, maybe, and of probably the next year coming up in college sports. Uh, there is a bill that is uh, circulating now in Congress uh, at the federal level that is going to supersede all the state level. NIL laws, and at first glance, it's a good one. It's good. I like it. I like what they're doing. Um, obviously, the devil's going to be in the details here, but we will get to that 
It's called the College Athletic Protection and Compensation Act. It is a bipartisan bill. And on first blush, it looks really, really good. So we'll talk to you about that because it's going to be a huge story and I think a, a positive for, for college athletics. Uh, we're going to get to a lot of college football talk. Media days are going on. Alabama searching for a quarterback. Georgia kind of in the same position. We'll talk some FSU. We'll talk some Gators. Billy Napier is going to keep uh, calling the plays, which is something that is a trend that is going away, even with the biggest play callers in the game, including Jimbo Fisher. So um, we'll talk about that. The Open Championship is underway at Royal Liverpool. Um, we will talk about that as well. So lots to get to today here on the J.P. Peterson Show. But we will dive in and lots of anecdotes from uh, from Las Vegas and my travels. Traveling these days, bro. Oh. Oh. It seems like oh. everybody's got a delay. Like if you're trying oh to get somewhere on God. time, just forget about it. Forget about it. Even, even though I flew first class. Oh, thank oh, you. Nice. <laughs> thank you, 3B. Yeah, working for these big companies that have money. Mr. Really Mr. Mr. Important Pants over there. Really, Mr. Important Pants. Really, really good. I haven't flown first class in a long time. I will tell you, I'll get, let's get into some sports. We'll get into that story a little bit later on. But, yeah, but also a seven-hour delay. Thank you, Delta. Um, unbelievable. All right, let's let's get into the race. Uh, you know, yesterday, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the game because it's like, you know, freaking Groundhog Day, right? Every it, it, This looks so much like the last month of last season. It looks so much like the last month where the Rays are 3-14 and 14 in July, according to Mark Topkin, two, hitting 210-104 with runners in scoring position. You have to try to hit that low in runners in scoring position. It, seriously, like close your eyes and swing, and you're going to do better than that. It, it's bad. It's bad. And the question here on the larger level is not about yesterday's game, but is this who they are or the first two months of the season when they were historically good and maybe cheating? Oh. Dare I say All right. I won't go there but because there's no evidence yet. But, um, it, it, I mean, now you look at that first two months of the season and you're like, who are those guys? But there's reasons for it, okay? I think the Rays took advantage. They were ready. For the new rules, they were the pitch clock, the bigger bases, and they were ready for everything, and they took advantage of it. Right? Other teams were slow to react. Um, typically, the Rays are ahead of the curve, but I think now everybody else is caught up. They know what the Rays are doing. They've got great analytics on them, and so now they have to adjust. Baseball, among all games, is the ultimate game of adjustment, and the great players can adjust. That's why they're great players and they have longevity in the league, and that's why they make a lot of money. Young players, some can adjust and become great players. Most cannot. And I think that's where we are right now. Guys like uh, Wander Franco, uh, Josh Lowe, I mean, across the board, all of them. People have found holes in their swing. They're taking advantage of them. And here's the problem. When you have young, inexperienced players, and even experienced players sometimes, but younger inexperienced players, they lose confidence. They lose confidence and they start doing things they shouldn't do. If you go look at a tape of our at-bats in the first two months, everybody's going the other way. Nobody's ex- extending outside the zone. And they were so good and so patient. And, and, and pitchers were like, damn, you know, we got to throw them strikes at some point. And they hit them. They hit them the opposite way. They, they did everything. And now, you know, Rosarena's swinging for the fences. He's pulling his head. I mean, Franco, uh, I think you mentioned this point, 30, he's lost 30 points in his batting average. 
And I can't, I don't have any evidence to suggest this except the empirical evidence that is before me in terms of numbers and what has happened. But when a Rosarena and, and Yandy had the throwdown last year, the team tanked. It tanked. As soon as, and when did this team start tanking? We got the article from Mark Topkin on Wander's behavior, then the suspension. Wander's tanked, and is it, it's at least at the, at, the, uh, at the plate, pinch hit yesterday, struck out. I can't help but not look at that and say, is there a problem in terms of this clubhouse? I don't know. I'm not. I'm just asking the question because this slide has coincided with Wander's issues. So lots to chew on there, Nick. What do you think? Well, I don't know how much it relates on the field because I, I can only speak to what I'm seeing on the field from this team. And there was a moment yesterday in the game that you just do not see. And I know you probably missed this. This was in the seventh inning, I want to say, and this this pitcher, Alex Spees, comes on for the Rangers to make his Major League debut. If you don't know his story, by the way, real quick, drafted in 2016, he left baseball in 2021 and was a Little League coach this time last year. Got back into it, said, I'm going to give it one final shot, made his Major League debut yesterday against the Rays, and he came up and faced Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz works a 3-1 count, takes some really close pitches, and then all of a sudden, Yandi on a 3-2 count chases one of those sliders that ended up in the, other's bat, in the other batter box, and it was never a strike out of the hand. And it, that's Yandi Diaz doing that. Yep. Yandi yep. never does that. And that Trying was a, to do too much. And that's a moment that just jumped out to me from yesterday's game, and that's a reoccurring theme. If you break down the problems with this team right now, they're not hitting the long ball as frequently as they did. When they do, it's solo home runs. They don't get guys on base. That was the difference in this series. When the Rangers hit home runs, they had guys on base, and they were able to build leads. When the Rays hit home runs, it's just solos because nobody's on base, and they just, bottom line, they can't get the big hit. And yesterday was especially frustrating because they actually were hitting the ball pretty well. Finished the game with 10 hits. Um, They had four four or five innings in a row where they got two guys on at least, and they were able to do nothing with it. Taylor Walls gets on base, and then he gets picked off at second base. Josh Lowe gets thrown out at home, and it was like the perfect delivery from the outfield, the relay. It was all perfect from the Rangers. Of course it was to get Josh Lowe out at home, right? We have guys grounding in the double double plays to end innings. That's been a, a reoccurring theme. They're getting thrown out on the base paths. They were stealing bases like crazy the first two months of the season. Now they're getting thrown out a ton. So you're not as effective on the base path. So you put that all together. Oh, and by the way, the bottom of the lineup, Taylor Walls, Christian Bethencourt, Manuel Margot, who were all carrying uh, their load down there, they're doing nothing. They're yeah, giving you absolutely guys. nothing. And it's at the point where, yeah, their defense is really good. But I don't know if it's outweighing their offense anymore. And, again, Wander Franco's slumping. Randy hasn't been great at, at the, at, lately at the plate. It's everything with this offense, a total funk, and you have to ask yourself, they were 29-7 and to start the season. Historic right. pace, we knew they weren't going to keep it up, but we, the whole question was, are they going to bottom out to what they were last year, or are they going to find a happy medium? They have completely bottomed out, and they're 31 now and 32, and they're what, last 63 games, if I do the math correctly there? Well done. 31 and 32. Which sample size would you like? to go off of 29 and 7 in a span of 36 games or do you want to go off the last 63 where they are middle of the road bang average and have like the fourth best record in the AL East which one is it 
It's no longer we can say, oh, it's just one little part. It's one week of a 162-game season. It's not that. This has been going on now for two months. And a lot of these hitters who were out doing their baseball cards have fallen right back to what they are. And that's the biggest problem. So I think I have every right to be at least concerned about where the Rays are heading right now because I think as currently constructed, this is not a World Series winning lineup. Oh, God, no. Not a World Series winning lineup. Not even close. Because it's the same guys from last year at the end of the day who scored one run in 24 innings. Exactly. And that's why when they went into the season, I said, eh, 87 games. That's all they're going to win. I don't see any more than that. And obviously they're going to better that. Um, I hope, for God's sake. (laughs) We'd really be going off the rails then. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be much better unless they make major moves. If they don't make a major move, and I'm not talking about David Peralta, by the way. (laughs) No. I'm not talking about, yeah, a major move, a major bat. And this is what I'm talking about in terms of adjustments. Everything you just mentioned is exactly on point. Those are the numbers. That's, That's the what. The why is they're not making adjustments. They're not making adjustments now that other teams have adjusted to yeah. the way they play. So it, they've you, got to adjust. Are they good enough? And that's where it's so hard in you, baseball. I, mean, I was watching uh, uh, who's the the uh, the closer last night for the Twins? Um, Duran, Johan Duran. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Throwing one hundred four like every effing pitch, bro. I'm sitting there eating my dinner last night, and I'm, I'm looking up, and I'm like, wow, he just threw one hundred four. Wow, he just threw 104 again. Holy shit. He just threw 104. I mean, these it's hard to hit. I get it. And it's hard to make adjustments yes. in this league. These guys are really effing good. And we're getting we're getting, gonna see for four days the best back end of the bullpen in baseball in, in Baltimore, although they've cooled off a little but bit. But it but it's every uh, pitcher now that's yeah. gets dice in the rays up. I mean Alec Marsh right. making his third career start had his way against the Rays. Brady Singer, who has not had a great year. Kept his pitch right. count super low through seven innings. The Rays eventually got to him, but it was too late. It's right. every pitcher they face right now. It's low pitch counts. The Rays are swinging at the first pitch way too much. They're striking out way too much. It's everything. And in regards to having a lineup to win a World Series, you need stars to win a World Series in your lineup. And look no further than recency. The Astros in 2022. How many stars do they have in their lineup? A ton. Uh, The the Braves, the Dodgers, the Nationals, the Red Sox, the Astros, the Cubs. That's going back to 2016. The last seven World Series champions are loaded with either an MVP in that lineup or just flat out three, four, five stars to get big hits. And this is what I'm talking about. These are major league proven hitters who have gone through the adjustment period and are consistent run producers. And you know what they do? They cost money. And we don't buy them. That's what that that's who we are. Well, as a race. Now we can sit here and and say, "Oh, we're in on Otani," and I'm not going to take the effing bait. I got people texting me, you know, "We're we're in on Otani." I'm like, I can't I can't believe it until I see it, and it's just this is a absolute setup for an overpayment by somebody in baseball, and that's not what the Rays do. They never overpay for anybody. They vastly underpay for every trade that they make, and. So where is the DNA that says they're going to overpay for a rental of two months of Shohei Otani? I think it's complete bullshit. I think it's complete bullshit. It's just like Freddie Freeman. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It's not who they are. And if they do and I'm wrong, I'll I'll be the first to say it. But I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it. 
Some stupid team's going to come in and give them a ridiculous haul for too much. Well, and frankly, frankly, I don't want them to do it. Well, I don't want them to overpay and give up five or six really good prospects because you know what? The guys down at AAA have a chance to be real hitters. Real hitters. The guys that are up here, I'm not well, so here, sure. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we've been through this song and dance before. We hear about these great race prospects, and a lot of them have not panned out. At the end of the day, they are prospects. And I hear a lot of people saying, do you want to gut the Rays? The Rays have, like, the number one or number two farm system in baseball. That's finding right. prospects and finding talent has never been their issue in the minor. So I don't get as concerned. And here's the thing. I know, I know it's for 50 games, and it's no guarantee. But this is where I've shifted a little bit on this. I understand. But you have an opportunity to land the big, the mo, the unicorn of Major League Baseball history. There's never been anything like for that. Two months, Nick. I, I listen, for two months, listen. I understand. A team. I understand. This, you know, this is not the team. Even I'm, you know, I was joking about Otani, but even with Otani, is this team? I mean, there's a lot but of here, but let me, but let me, but let me paint the scenario for you here. What happens? Because I was listening to MLB Network yesterday. And John Morosi said it. He said, Rays, Diamondbacks, and Orioles are three teams that are expected to make a real push for Otani in the coming days, depending on what the Angels want to do, yada, yada, yada. And I heard the Orioles, and the Orioles are starting to get talked about just like the Rays are in this whole thing. What, what is your reaction then? What if the Orioles of all teams in your division, you're fighting for an American League crown with this team, they have, if anybody has a better farm system than the Rays, it's the Orioles. What if the Orioles were the team who landed Shohei Otani, and now you got to, and then you got to battle against them with they Otani. They give up Valley Rushman. Why not? Well, they don't have to give up that. They're going to give up, but they're going to give up. The, you keep saying that they don't. We don't have to give up Wander Franco to get Otani. Well, then how come he hasn't been traded? You don't have they, to. You do not have to give up that to get him for fifty games. There's no way. There's no way. Somebody's just like somebody's the Orioles going aren't going to have to do that. Somebody's <laughs> going to overpay. But it's and not going to be to that extent. They tell you what: if the Orioles go get him for two months. And they overpay, and they give up some of these great players, great young players that they have. I'm going to sit here and go, "You idiots! You're idiots! You finally made it back from from up since 2016. They finally get to first place. They've got an incredible nucleus of great young players. I agree. Why but would you f if that you up feel if you for feel two months of Shohei Otani, who by the way strained his back the other night swinging. You know, he got on base like four times yesterday. So that's all I know. I know. I'm just, but I'm just saying, like, if you feel like you have the team, and the Rays feel like, regardless of what you think about the team, what I think about the team, the team. That's my point. The Rays not a good baseball. It's not. It's a good team. It's not a great baseball team. But the Rays feel. But the Rays feel like this is their best chance to win. They've been kicking at the can for years. They feel like this is their best chance to win. So why not? Make a big uncomfortable move. This has been a 500, less than 500 team for two plus months. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that. But I, I, you I, can't I, go by the. Okay, there's still what 20 games over 500 or whatever it is. That's fantastic. But this team that we've seen for two and a half months sucks. It's not good. It's not good. And they're they're one Tyler Glass now. Oblique injury would so, be an awful. So here's my question: Do you not want them? Here's here's I guess my question: Take Otani out of the equation. Any other player at the deadline? Are you opposed to them shelling out prospects, get anybody else to try to make this team better? Have you given up what on the that? fact that you think they can't win a World Series? That I, if I'm the Rays, I'm divvying up those prospects and going out and getting three or four guys and and 
and uh, guys that we control for more than two months. But is any and, of that and going this team better this year and in the future? That's how you make your team better but, and give yourself just as good a chance. And, and you, here's the thing about Otani. He is the greatest player. You know what I think about Otani. You're getting two players. You're getting a number one pitcher and the best offensive player in the game. So you're getting two players. You're not getting one. You're getting two. So I get all that. But he's still one guy. And one guy can get an oblique injury. And one guy can get a back injury like he just had yesterday or two days ago. He's not Superman, although he looks like it. I get it. And the, and the stress that his body is under on a daily basis to continue to do this, something that no one's ever done, that's the problem with Otani. It, he's a unicorn. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, he's still human. He's still human as far as I know. As but as I but know, I I, I can't otherwise. I can't go into it thinking oh well what if he gets hurt like you ha- I I just think you bottom line to. we've had you this discussion we've had this we've had this discussion whether it's the I know the sports are different whether it's the Bucks whether it's the Lightning you have yeah. got to take risk to win a World Series and I, I'm just telling you as currently as currently no constructed as currently constructed I don't think the Rays are that team right now in the American League the, the way they've played the last two months I think has shown that. And I'm saying if you were somehow to land Otani, whatever the small chance it is, I think that has a chance to reignite a clubhouse right now that seems a little bit oh my dead. God. Yeah, and maybe that gets maybe that gets I'm guys going. That. You put that guy in the in the middle of your lineup and then in the rotation you 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 trot you trot out McClanahan, Otani, Eflin, Glasnow. I mean, nope, at no that one, point, no I think that. at that point the Rays, I think, do become the favorite. Whereas if the Rangers get him, they're the overcoming favorite. If the Orioles get him, I think they're the overcoming favorite. That's the part that would hurt the most is to see the Rangers or the Orioles if it's one of those teams that somehow lands that guy. And now I, as a Rays fan, I go, I don't see a path. At that point, I just yeah. don't see a path. Well, look, the devil's in the details, man. The devil's in the details. And, you know, do I want Otani? Oh, my God, yes, I want Otani more than, than, than sour cream on my fajitas. Absolutely. I want what you got to have. I mean, I, extra sour cream. I want, him, I want him. I love him. I would love all those things you just, decide, just said. I'm like, ah, that'd be fantastic. I would love to see it, every part of it. But, man, give me some hope that he's going to be here more than two months. You know what I would love? I would love for the for the Rays to say, you know what, we're going to trade for him and we're going to sign him to a six-year contract. I'd be like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. Maybe Stu will take some of that $500 million that he put in the other company that he took from the Rays, took from the Rays. Well, we're always going to put the money back into the team. Oh, here's a chance. Put it back into the team. Sign Otani. I'll give up the effing farm, the entire farm, the farm house. The farm wife, the farm daughter, everybody goes for Otani if you pay him. But the Rays will never do that. They'll never do that. Why would and, and why would and he and why this, would he I'll give them this. a look? First of all, depending on what they give up, depending on what they give up. All right, they'll give a little bit of a of a of a, of a codicil here. Okay, the team that gets Otani in the long term, if they don't sign him to a new new deal right away, which everybody's saying that's not going to happen. If the if the Ray if that team is gonna regret it, they will regret it long term. I gotta see what the package is, but I my feeling is somebody's gonna ridiculously overpay for him. And, and first of all, we have to say to her, say this this other codicil caveat 
if dumbass Artie Moreno says we're not training him and they give him up for a compensation pick, because I don't think he's going to sign, re-sign in, in, in Los Angeles. But Artie Moreno has to be 100% sure the fact that he's not signing Shohei Otani in the offseason to trade him. Other than that, it's like he, you're conceding that already. And by the way— Why wouldn't they have signed the thing, him already? If they were going to sign him, why wouldn't they have done it already? Because Otani doesn't want to sign now. He's going to see what the open market but brings. Of course, and Otani should do that. But here's the other thing to consider about the Angels. And I've been, and Otani's been there so long. I would just have to say to him, you know, if I'm Otani, I'm looking at this franchise going, they're not ever going to win anything. These people don't want the effort. Perhaps, doing. perhaps, if but if Joe you're the Madden, Angels. If you listen to Joe Madden, he knows a little bit about baseball, and he was in that organization. The Angels have no effing idea well, what they're doing. Correct. They're the dumbest organization in baseball. And, and, and oh, you don't think Otani sees that? He ain't coming back. So Moreno says, oh, I'm not going to trade him. He's already effed it up. He's just trade him in the offseason. Imagine maybe, all they would have got. Maybe that's true. But, he again, he has to feel 100% confident that he – because imagine the heat he's going to get back from the, the fan base, from everything. And he's already, to me, like public enemy number one when it comes to Angel fans. Imagine the heat he's going to get if he's the guy who trades. That, that's, on his, that's on his headstone forever. I traded the greatest player that's ever played the game of baseball. Okay? That's a tough move for an owner to make regardless of what's going on over there. And here's the thing. There, in regards to should they trade him or not – the fact of the matter is they're four and a half games out of the wild card, which is not a crazy kind of... Now, there's a lot of teams competing for those for those uh, two wild card spots, but that's not a crazy kind of uh, a difference to make up, really. So, And the fact that they just swept the Yankees and they're feeling good about themselves and everything, maybe they just go, you know what, we're not going to trade them because we feel like we're still in it. And again, what's the, what's the benefit of, of doing that if we feel like we're still in it? So there's just a lot of questions to be answered there. Yeah, and it's, you know, I tell you what, if you're in the front offices right now of, you know, whatever whatever organization you're in, I mean, and you're getting ready to pull the trigger on something, boy, I mean, you got to be sweating bullets because this is the biggest, um, it's the biggest name, it's the biggest acquisition. I mean, it's, it's, it's pre- precedent setting. We've never seen anything like this before um, and probably never will. And also, a guy that... The numbers, Nick, you're Nick, you're Nicky numbers. I mean, he leads everything in everything, pitching and. Hitting. I mean, I even said it yesterday. Like everybody's like gravitating to the home runs, and I think he's on pace, by the way, to break Aaron Judge's record. By the way, if he keeps this going, but he also yeah. like he walks, he gets on base, he leads the league in triples as well. On I know. top I of that, and the, and the triple is like one of those things that's like gone away in baseball over the years, yeah. and he's like brought it back. He leads the league, like he does everything you want. From, I mean, there's no denying that. And that's what makes it so hard, I think, if you're the Angels, to say, you know what, we're going to move this guy. And it makes it so hard if you're a team, like, again, for 50 games, like, what are you going to shell out? And you may be right. Maybe there is a team out there that's willing to overpay out the yen to get him for two months because it's more than just getting him for the on-the-field. Think of the additional revenue, T-shirts, jerseys, interest in your, I mean, people coming to the ballpark. Like if the Rays got him, for example, don't you think there'd be a pretty good uptick in attendance too down the stretch to go out there? All of a sudden it feels like wherever the stadium is, it probably wouldn't matter because we're going to see Shohei Otani. Like I think all those things I think play a role in it. It's like you're getting more than just two all-time players basically in Otani. You're getting all those things wrapped in one. Listen, the... The prospect of getting him is incredibly m- mouthwatering. It's unbelievable. It's 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 mind numbing to be quite honest to see that guy in a raised uniform, and I would love it. But you got to tell me what we're giving up, 
and I just don't want to give up the future. But um, and I would love to somehow be able to keep him for a long time. That would be great. Well, I want to get a couple comments in here before we have to take a break, and uh, we'll get to Rich Hollenberg coming up. We need some rich positivity today. We're going to get it. Um, Lonnie Wilkins had some some interesting things here to say. Um, that the bloom is coming off the rose now for the Rays. Their prospects haven't really made an impact aside from a couple like Wander and Shane. This algorithm of the team couldn't could have traded prospects for controllable talent like Sean Murphy, but let them get get this bad stretch out of the way. Uh, the front office has to make some adjustments if they don't grab your pitchers because they don't want to win. I, listen, they've got to do something at the deadline. They've got to do something dramatic. We 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 will see. Um, the other good news is they were kind of in the same situation in 2021. They ended up winning 100 games and winning the right. East by eight. But that was and you know I think the East is a lot better. This yeah, year and and also you have to tip your hat to the Orioles too. I mean the Orioles yeah. are officially. I mean they're tied right now, but the Orioles are ahead on winning percentage because they have like four games up on the Rays right now in regards to how many they've played. Regardless of what the Rays did to start the season, the furthest they got out in front of everybody was six and a half games. So yep. historic start and all. The Orioles never let them get away. And the Orioles have done something crazy that I saw this stat this morning. They've gone 70 series in a row without getting swept, dating back to last year. So they don't have prolonged losing streaks. They continue to chip away, even if they're just winning one out of a three-game set or anything like that. That's what's kept the Orioles in here. So at the, you do yeah. have to give the Orioles credit for hanging around. And now here we go. This is the biggest series of the season to date by far. You get four games against the Orioles. What's going to happen? All right, quick break. Coming up, Rich Hollenberg will join us. And we'll get some rich positivity here. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Back in two. Stay with us. Are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. 
When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Without further ado, let's bring in Rich Hollenberg for some much-needed rich positivity on this day when the Rays are no longer in first place. Oh, my God, the world is... It's it's coming off its hinges, my friend. What's happening? How are you? Uh, I am fantastic, uh, JP and Nick. It's good to visit with you. It's been a minute. I I, I heard you as you were going to break. You, you were touting the rich positivity. I have I brought props with me. Bear with me. <laughs> All right, I love it. Stand by. I see the two uh, Emmys now. We used to have one Emmy. We now have two. I have to well, I have to point it, that out. Congratulations, fantastic. One resides in my parents' home. It's oh, great. very nice. Very nice. Here's your here's your morning oh, activity. Nice. I won this at a silent auction recently, and uh, just got delivered last week. So I didn't. Nice. Think anybody would appreciate this. As much as JP, the good old days. That's right. Good old days. That was that was vintage Bruce, man, with the big man. Go. Oh man, that 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 would be like getting Otani, bringing the big man back from the from the death. You well, know. listen, I, I'm going to see Springsteen August 24th up in Foxborough. Maybe wow. August is a special month for the Rays and Rich. Who knows? It could be. It could be. But right now, man. Uh, this sure looks like a, a lot of uh, like the end of last year offensively for this team, and we we just you know went back and forth. You know who is this team? Are they the you know the thirty one and thirty two team of the last two and a half months, or the twenty nine and seven team that started the season? Who who are these guys? I I think they are more what we saw in the beginning of this season than what we got unfortunately used to pretty much all of last year, and I'll give you the one reason why, JP injuries rays have been relatively healthy offensively save for brandon lau missing a month but you remember last year 
Brandon Lau was non-existent. When he was right. healthy, he wasn't good, and he wasn't healthy for most of the season. Last year, Wander Franco missed a ton of time. Harold Ramirez missed a ton of time. This is a fairly healthy Rays offense. And while I kept telling everybody, as optimistic as I am, I kept telling everybody there's going to be a regression to the mean. Water will find its level. They are not going to hit 300 home runs this year. Uh, but it's slowed down and gotten to the point where, yeah, they are in a slump. There's no way of denying that. You could call it a rut. It's the same thing. It's a slump. Um, the, the thing that makes me feel safe and sound about the Rays' offense is that they are not going to continue going down. They will only bounce back up. Um, I think they have too many good hitters to get in a team-wide slump like we've seen in the last couple of few weeks. And, yes, so here's the good and bad of it, fellas. Five of their last 12 games, they've scored one run. Five of their last 12. But the other seven of those games, they're scoring runs in bunches still. It's mm -hmm. not like every game out is two runs, one run. They're not getting shut out, things like that. I know it's you know sometimes putting lipstick on a pig, but the facts are the facts. This is, I think, a recession-proof offense. This, what we're witnessing right now, what we're experiencing with all the chicken littles out there saying the sky is falling, <laughs> is not what the Rays offense is. By the same token, it's not the offense that we saw the first two months of the season. It's somewhere in between, and with their quality pitching, that's good enough to not only make the playoffs but win this division. And I, I don't know if that's true. And it's a 162 game season. You're going to go through stretches like that. It's impossible to keep up that pace. But given the fact that it's kind of happening right now, and we have the trade deadline looming, and I don't, take Otani out of that. I know you you got on me yesterday on Twitter, Rich. I know I, somebody can dream. A man it's can, a pipe dream. It's, it's a, a pipe it's dream. it's a pipe dream. I admit that every time I talk about it. Uh, but it, you know, until it doesn't happen, it doesn't. Who knows? But anyway, regardless of Otani, take him out of the equation. Is it still, regardless of what's going on with the offense? Because I see at the bottom of the lineup, like the Taylor Walls, who, yes, great defense, but how much does it outweigh what he's doing offensively at the plate now? And, and the catcher tandem, Margot, the bottom of the lineup, which was really helping at the beginning of the year, has kind of regressed a lot. Does it still seem like, or if they want to get to where they want to be, and that's World Series kind of contender and championship team and all that? Would you say the biggest need for them is still to go out and probably add something to this lineup? You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, Nick, and by the way, I'm so jealous of the nickname Nicky Numbers. I, I wish my <laughs> name started with an N so I could be Richie Numbers. Uh, Wector would say that I am regardless. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, you're crazy for talking about trading right. for a bat. We need an arm, and we don't need a starting pitching arm. We need a bullpen arm. And mm -hmm. I think my reasoning in that, fellas, is sound. My reasoning in that on the pitching side is when you get to the playoffs, and again, the Rays will be in the playoffs, you're, you're shrinking your starting rotation to three, essentially three. Who in baseball would not go to war with Shane McClanahan, Zach Eflin, and Tyler Glass now? I would do that compared to any starting staff in baseball, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So I don't think you need a starting pitcher. What you do need is to bolster a bullpen that I feel like at times has been walking a consistent high wire act. Colin Pochet takes the mound. God bless him. He's avoided major disasters for most of the season, but you always feel like when he comes on, like, uh-oh, mm -hmm. something bad could happen. 
Um, and we saw that yesterday, too. Actually, the last two games, right? The Rays are in a one-run game. It could go either way, and then a three-run home run derails everything. Uh, so I think they still need to bolster the bullpen. Now, Nick, I'm falling more in line with what you're talking about. Maybe because the bullpen has continued to positively surprise me, and we are getting Andrew Kittredge back. And by the way, the reports have been off the charts about Kitty in minor league rehab. So if you get him back, that's an all-star. Again, not knowing if he's going to pitch like an all-star or not, that's a really good back end of the bullpen arm. You have Jason Adam, who looks like he's righted the ship. You have Pete Fairbanks. Those are three back ends of the bullpen arms. Okay? So, again, thinking playoffs, you're set up that way. The other arms, Kevin Kelly and Colin Poche and maybe now Calvin Foche, you, you know, you mix and match. But just about every bullpen is doing that. Offensively, now I'm coming around to the idea that maybe there is some help that could come via mm. the, the bat. And unfortunately, then it just becomes a waiting game of what teams are making what bats available. Because right. unless it's a Nelly Cruz type of a deal, which didn't really work out for the Rays when they did that, I don't know if it's worth it to give up more than you're going to be getting back, even for the short term. Rich Holliberg joining us here, the host for Bally Sports Sun pregame and postgame Rays baseball. Okay, and this is what I said in the open. I'm going to run this by you, Rich, and it's it, this is what scares me about this offense and and you know your positivity here is all these guys I look in in this in this offense. They're not long term proven hitters that come out of slumps. They're not long term, and even you know is Wander going to be a great hitter? I think we all yeah, but he hadn't proven it for a long period of time. He hasn't. It just and it is what it is. Josh Lowe, no. Harold Ramirez, no. Uh, Brandon Lau, no. Uh, Yandy Diaz, yeah. Yandy's 31 years old. He's proven. He's got a long track record. Randy Rosarena, he's streaky. He's streaky. Love him. Super, super, star, but he can be streaky. Paredes hasn't done it on long term. Um, Luke Rayleigh, no long term. Baseball's a game of adjustments. And when you can fight through the adjustments, you become a long term great hitter and you make a lot of money. None of these guys in the lineup, save a couple of them, have done it in the long term. So that's what scares me about saying, yeah, they're definitely going to bounce back because they've done it before. I don't know that. Uh, and I don't think anybody does, but I think what the Rays have done in constructing this lineup, JP, is they are banking on the fact that their depth will win out over the slumps that you're talking about or the fact that these players have not proven that they could bust out of slumps or be, you know, slump-proof. I don't think anybody's slump-proof. And I think you, you take a one or the other, and it's very rare to have both, right? right? You have a young lineup, relatively young. The Rays are one of the youngest teams in baseball, right. and they have one of the younger lineups in baseball. But then when, as we're, what, a couple of weeks away from the trade deadline, you start looking at numbers, right, and quantity and quality of players. Yeah, and the they've two, got a lot of them. The two names that come to mind as far as trade pieces that the Rays would have to kind of swallow hard to part with because i don't think they want to part with anybody honestly you could say what you yeah. want about brandon lau about taylor walls they don't want to get rid of these guys but brandon lau is making millions of dollars 
and Manuel Margot signed that extension, he's making millions of dollars. Yeah. This is a newfangled race team. They spent $40 million on Zach Eflin. They're getting a huge bump, one of the biggest in baseball, in attendance this year. Yep. They're unveiling two statues outside of <laughs> like, I, we never And thought one's not Rich Hollenberg? What the hell's yeah, going on here? I, I, I'm, believe me, I'm firmly against that idea. <laughs> but the fact is, is that you, they still are the Rays, and they still have a way of operating in terms of how they spend their money. So if you're trying to put together a package for even a Shohei Otani, which I think is the farthest of long shots you could get, and I hope I'm wrong because he is a game changer in every mm-hmm. sense of the word, but if you put a package like that together, I don't know if the Rays' farm system is as strong as it has been in last years where teams are like salivating, like, oh, my gosh, we could pick apart – and and take three or four names out of the out of the race farm system, and those will be major leaguers in a year or two, and we're good to go. I don't know if those names exist in the race farm system right now, uh, but Brandon Lau and Manuel Margot, to my mind, would be two of the names that the Rays would have to be willing to part with, if for no other reason than because of the salaries that they're currently making. But I think that all of these players together collectively make themselves better. So you can say, JP, and I'll take the the opposite side of what you're saying. We haven't seen Luke Raley, Josh Lowe, battle out of a slump, and we haven't seen how they – but what we have seen is almost three-quarters of the way – we're at game 100 tonight. These players are who they are. So is Josh Lowe the Josh Lowe from the first two months of the season when everyone was saying he could be an all-star? To right, the Joshua right. Power, people are saying, oh, my gosh, he's slumping. No, he's somewhere in between. In between right? And when you take the lineup collectively, I think that's good enough to get you deep into the playoffs. I don't know if winning the World Series is what you could hang your hat on right now. Certainly two months into the season, everyone was thinking that. But now it's a toss-up. It's them, it's the Rangers, and it's the Orioles, and I think everyone else is chasing those three teams. That's fair. And also, I mean, if, assuming these guys don't get dealt, and I'm talking about some of the guys who are really kind of shining in AAA, obviously Jonathan Aranda is the big one. I think we all clamor to see him up here, but it just, yeah. they can't really find a position for him. And, you know, it seems like maybe the, the like, kind of what Harold does playing DH and everything seems like he's almost blocked by him. But even the other, Curtis Mead, who's been fantastic, I think he's hitting like close to 500 since he came back from his injury. I mean, we've seen, like, I use the Reds as an example. They bring up, they brought up a lot of their top prospects, and they're still doing it. Like this, in Carson, in Carson or Strand or whatever, he hit a home Carson. run in his, in his debut. Like Ellie De La Cruz, obviously Spencer Steer. Like it's jolted that team and put them into contention. Are those two guys in particular? Like you give them a call up just to see something, maybe get a jolt to this offense here in the second half. Not if you're in or right around first place in the American League East. I mean, uh, again, JP's point is well taken. Why, why do you want to, and I'll use this term loosely, why do you want to gamble on a Jonathan Aranda or a Curtis Mead or a Kasabi or any of these names who are performing at trips? Why would you want to gamble on them performing in September? I mean, they'll get called up in September soon enough. That's a month away, essentially. That's five weeks away. I'd rather let them wait and marinate a little until then than say, well, we're in such a bad place right now that we need a jolt 
to our offense. They don't need someone else coming in. They just need Brandon Lau to go on one of his streaks that we've seen he's able to do. And let's face it, he's shown that he is trending in that direction. Yes. A lot of people like to dump on B. Lau, but he's got, I think, five or six extra base hits since he's come back. If he starts hitting a little, and these are all ends, if he starts hitting a little, if Wander Franco breaks out, which I think we would all say chances are better than good that he's going to, Yandi is right as rain at the top of the order, Luke Raley, Josh Lowe, you take a combination of those two dudes and what I, I ride with what you're going to get out of that. I don't think, to your point, Nick, I don't think there's enough space to want to quote-unquote gamble on one of these hot AAA bats right now. Rich Hollenberg joining us here. Um, and, and you've talked, uh, skirted around the Otani thing, but let's dig in now because I'm trying to talk my man here, uh, Nick, off the ledge. Um, <laughs> you know, this is, you know, first of all, the whole Otani thing, I don't buy any of it. Um, I, I think it's a smoke screen for the Rays to be doing something else. That's the way they do business. And they don't, they don't, they don't give up the farm for guys like this. They're not going to trade their entire future for a guy like this. And I believe somebody's going to grossly overpay for Otani. And in the end, they'll regret a two-month rental for a guy that probably won't win him the World Series. He could. He's unbelievable. I get it. But he, it scares me. You know, when I saw him back twinge the other night, I was like, oh, can you imagine if you give up the farm for two months of this guy and he gets a two-month back injury? Oh, my God. I mean, that's just... Uh, that you can't come back from me. That puts your franchise back five years. You it's can't a, do it. It's a really fun conversation to have. Yeah, and right. I would again, I would love to be wrong because I would love to be in the middle of the Shohei Otani experiment and experience. Yes. But the thing that I, I I draw the line at is, you know, I'm listening to MLB radio and they're talking about you have to pitch Otani the way you pitched Barry Bonds. You have to walk it, even if the bases are loaded. I'm like, baseball is a game of averages and numbers. Even if Shohei Otani is hitting 500, which he's not, that means half the time he's getting out. Like, it's not like nine out of ten times the guy is hitting you a home run. No one is that good, and no one has ever been that good. The thing that makes him so attractive is he is a world-class hitter. Like, uh, Nick, you mentioned it before I came on. He is on pace for Aaron Judge numbers last year, and we were falling all over ourselves about Aaron Judge. And then he is an all-star caliber pitcher. He's not the best pitcher in baseball, guys. Right. He is not. He is a really good pitcher, but he is not the best pitcher in baseball, okay? He's the best player in baseball because he's a really good pitcher and arguably the best hitter when you combine power numbers. Yeah. Um, he would be a great fit on any team. And every team who has a reason to is going to inquire what it's going to take to trade for Shohei Otani. So that's the thing that really surprises me and makes me wonder and get a little tingly is when you hear names that I trust. Names like Ken Rosenthal and John Morosi saying the Rays are one of the top teams in the running. Now, that might just be faint praise for the Rays as an organization. It might not be they're most serious about trading for Shohei. It might be they just have the most pieces to throw at the Angels to get Shohei Otani. My bet at the end of the day is that Shohei stays exactly where he is. That's that. If I if you put a gun to my head and said what's going to happen, 
my guess is nothing's going to happen. I, I just can't imagine a team giving up so much for the potential of only two months and zero guarantees that that's going to put you over the top and win you a World Series. Yeah, and I kind of said, too, like, it's one thing to say, oh, we're out of contention, we don't think we're going to resign and we're going to trade him, but when it's what people think is the greatest player that's probably played this game as an owner, Artie Moreno, who's already going through it with Angels fans, that is like, I mean, that goes on your headstone forever, it's kind of what I said. You are the guy who traded Shohei Otani, and I don't think they're far out enough of the race right now I mean, they have. I think they're playing like the Pirates and the Tigers. They're two series going into the deadline. Is it out of the possibility they could win five of those six games? And then, I mean, right now they're like four and a half back. They just swept the Yankees, who couldn't help out the whole trade sweepstakes. They probably killed their own chances <laughs> of getting Otani by losing those games, if you think about it. It's like if you're Artie Moreno, you have to be 110% sure I cannot sign this guy in the offseason. And does Artie Moreno really know that right now? I don't know the answer there. No, he doesn't, but nobody does. And the one thing that I would say <clears throat> when you were just talking about, do you want that on your headstone? The one thing that's going to be on his headstone maybe before that is that he signed Mike Trout to that ginormous deal. Yeah. And yeah. there yeah. aren't many teams, maybe the Yankees are the only team, the Yankees and Dodgers are the only team that could carry two ginormous contracts on their payroll. Artie Moreno would come close and – I think at the end of the day, these owners are all businessmen. And, and when it comes down to brass tacks, it's not, I don't want this as part of my legacy. It's, does this make zero financial sense for me? Like, how much money am I going to lose versus how, versus how much money am I going to make? They, they gambled on Mike Trout. It's always a gamble. And now Mike Trout's out. And that yeah. Mike Trout injury not only hurts the status of that huge contract that he signed, but it also hurts the fact that they might want to keep Shohei Otani and win a World Series with him and Mike Trout as the centerpieces because now we're never going to know this season. When Trout comes back, who knows what he's going to be like, but the extended period of time that Mike Trout is missing right now could very well be costing the Angels a playoff spot. And then once he gets to the playoffs with Shohei and Trout, all bets are off. So it, it's unfortunate that that's part of the game. Rich Hallenberg joining us here. Um, all right, Rich, we'll get you out on this. Uh, Richie P says, because I have not heard this, and I'm probably sure you have, have you seen Springsteen's interview with Howard Stern? I'm not a fan of either, but at points it gave me goosebumps. It was so good. I did not see it. When, what, what's he talking about? Uh, this was a few months ago already, JP, oh, and they yeah. made it available. I believe it's on HBO on on the Max app. If you have mm -hmm. that, I'm pretty sure that's where it is. I don't think it's on Netflix. Um, I listened to it when it happened. Uh, I am a big Stern fan, and uh, the one thing that about Howard Stern that I would try and sell you on is that he's gotten away from all the antics and he's gotten much more into like long form interviews. So mm -hmm. he had a couple of hours to sit down with Bruce and it was literally wow. in a studio, him and Bruce and no one else. And Howard was at his best in terms of question asking and Bruce to his credit was at his best answering those questions and being open. And it was just phenomenal. It was absolutely, he played a few songs, um, told his stories. It was I'm sure you've seen the net. I forget. Did you go to Broadway? Did you see him on? Broadway? I did not see. No, did not see the Broadway. Netflix Broadway special though. Yeah. Okay. It is 
close to that. It's not quite as good as that, but it is close to that in terms of the intimacy that you get with Bruce. It is worth worth the watch. I will definitely do that. Well, you guys are worth the watch. Um, what do we got? This, I mean, talk is, about is, a huge series. Is, first oh, of all, my, what I, my pressing question for the pregame broadcast, if Doug's on it this weekend, are we get is the Cowboy hat, has it's made its way to oh, Tampa it, Bay? And can we can we add a bolo tie or something? Like Kevin Kelly. Whoa, I thought oh, Kevin, come on now, Nick. I thought Kevin bolo Kelly. Bolo tie and the hat? Yeah, Kevin Kelly wow. pulled off the look very well, by the way, yeah, with, Kelly, the, with the rookie whatever. It. Kelly rocked it. I did a Twitter poll, and Kevin Kelly won fair and square. Who wore it best? Uh, Doug's actually off this weekend. He's at a he's at a baseball tournament with his son in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, Caden Wechter is going to be the next big baseball star. Mark my words. But um, Denard Span is on with me, and we are going to obviously 100 games today is a fun kind of look back point. You know, you get to this yeah. certain peak, and you're like, okay, the first hundred games. Let's look back at that. So we'll be doing a little bit of that. And uh, this is one of those series that really speaks for itself. The other thing to keep in mind is Hall of Fame weekend is coming up. So Mm -hmm. we'll be talking a lot about Freddie McGriff as well. And it's great to have someone like Denard sit next to me because Denard's a Tampa product. the big leagues. Fred McGriff, you know, is one of those guys that uh, that we loved when he was part of the Tampa Bay Rays as well. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get to interview Fred, uh, ourselves, if he's coming on set or what. But the fact is, is that, you know, Tom Amansky is smiling down <laughs> this weekend for sure. And we will be too celebrating along with him. I got a hat that's got a high top here that looks very much like the Omansky uh, Fred McGriff working right now. So, yeah. yeah. We'll have to do that in his honor this week. Oh, absolutely. And Fred, God, we had Freddie on right after the announcement. Just the best of the best. He's going to come on with us next week. And, um, the, after the, uh, the, I can't wait to watch his speech and everything. That, that smile is going to be so big. And it's always big anyway, but it's going to be so fun to watch. And I, I'll say this. I am so glad this year that the Rays have embraced their past and, and have this Hall of Fame and the statues. And it's, it's been a long time coming. We need an old-timers day. I think we're old enough now to have an old-timers day, right, and have, have the boys come out and play a little softball or baseball or whatever. But that would be super fun to have some of the, just the, the names from the past come out. So, but they've done a great job with it this year, and, and kudos to the Rays for embracing their past and starting this Hall of Fame. It's really cool. Yeah, and on that note, I, I can't end this interview without wishing our dear friend a, a very happy birthday. Uh, I, I still have about 20 or 25 years to go till I reach that part. But, uh, you look that way. <laughs> yes, you look that but, way. Uh, happy birthday, my friend, and many more. Uh, 60, I can't believe I'm 60, but man, I, I've, I've been doing some reminiscing uh, this past week or so through pictures and well, it has been a glorious ride, man. And, and you know, the time that we spent together in those uh, uh, those studios at HSN just for a couple of years on Sports Source was one of my favorite things in my career. We had so much fun. Made some nice jack, too. Yeah, uh, we had, so, we had, so much fun. That was one. All right, Rich. Thanks, man. We'll be watching tonight the Emmy Award winning Rays pre and post game with Rich Hollenberg and Denard Spann and the boys. Thank you. See you, boys. Great stuff. Uh, best in the business right there. So good. So smooth. The great Rich Hollenberg. Um, all right, we got to take a break. We'll come back and digest a lot of what Rich said and uh, bounce back a lot of that. We're going to get to the NIL story here at the top of the 11 as well. Um, this is a big, big breaking story. Um, uh, we we kind of teased it in the beginning. Uh, Congress has now floated a bill that will radically, and I mean radically change, I think for the better, 
what's going on in college athletics. So we'll get to that and so much more. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center. If you're looking to lose weight, if you're looking to uh, get on that true body machine that they have over there that's working miracles, put you on that machine, makes you like doing 50,000 sit-ups, it leans you up, it melts the fat, it's incredible. So check out that on the Bay Area Modern Medical Center website, BAMMC.com. Get your nutrition right. Get a new primary care. Uh, it's you know, it's so interesting to sit down with a doctor for a minute or an hour and a half like I did with Chris Lugo and talk about your health history and get it right. So you can do that, too. Just get your appointment at BAMMC.com. Back in three. Stay with us. All right. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. You can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. 
If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the Golden Diamond Source. Great folks over there. If you're looking to get engaged in summer, which a lot of people do, why not head on over to the Golden Diamond Source? They have the best selection. Of course, the Diamond Savings account, you can take that diamond back and upgrade it anytime and get 100% of its value. That is a very, very good deal, folks. And if you're a youngster, like my man Nick, um, I'm sure she's already looking for the upgrade, right? Uh, you can go back and get that, get 100% of what you paid, and you can upgrade. So go do it at the Golden Diamond Source. Well, I'm here to tell you, I landed in the doghouse temporarily yesterday. Well. you want this, this goes back to what I alluded to earlier, this quick story. Yes. I got home yesterday, and... <clears throat> It was really – Casey was not there at, at the house, and I remember her saying in the morning that she was taking Riley to uh, the Davis Island Dog Beach. So I didn't hear Riley or anything, and I was just like, oh, I guess they're – maybe they're at her parents, or they're still out or whatever. So I made my lunch, sat down, watched the race game and all that, did the whole thing. And then Casey gets home at like 3.15. I've been there for like two, two and a half hours. And she walks in. She goes, where's Riley? And I'm like, he was with you. You're not here. She goes, she runs upstairs, and our dog was sitting upstairs in his crate the entire time that I was home yesterday, and I had no idea that he was home. I completely forgot about him. And not even a whimper? But that's the thing. You'd think he'd make a noise or something for two and a half hours. Yeah. Not a single noise. And what's funny is right before she got home, like five minutes before, I went upstairs and our, we're doing, like, renovation right now in our in our house right. upstairs. So our bedroom is kind of, like, 
everything resides in there. So, like, even, like, the, the guinea pigs are in our room, too. I went up there to literally feed the guinea pigs. And Riley's crate is right next to theirs, and he did. And you I didn't. See your I didn't. I never went on the side where like the opening is, so I never looked in there or anything. Because at this time, I'm thinking he's not even home, but he didn't even right. make a noise, like not a move in the crate, nothing. So I got in trouble for that one yesterday, but yeah, I guess you did. But what? But she didn't go to the dog park. She ended up not going. She did, but she had already brought him back and was out running errands or whatever. Oh, oh, I missed that part. Uh, oh my god. You yeah you effed up. That's not. A, but I could see I could see your side of it. If you don't hear the dog and you just assume he's out, yeah. It's just I, you, you would know? think I would have noticed it or gone upstairs or something. Well, the dog didn't happen. You know, the dog didn't die. It's, it's he was okay. Right. He was okay. He didn't look at me yeah. though when I when I took him out of the crate. Finally, he just immediately ran by me and didn't look at me. Well, maybe he, he didn't. Did. Maybe he didn't want to see you. That's why he was hiding. Exactly. From mm. Ruminate on that for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it'll be this little look. Look in the mirror on that one. So yeah, all right. So quick story here. Um, I'm flying out here. I'm like all excited because uh, uh, my folks at 3B got me a great first class ticket from Tampa to Las Vegas. Right, one of the get to lay back in the bed seat. Right, you know they bring you food and drinks the whole nine. I'm like this is gonna be great. So I get I'm traveling out of Orlando, which by the way, F Orlando Airport. You people suck. The TSA is so bad over there. I'm sitting there. This is a true story. So, like, we, I get right to the front of the line where they're going to take the IDs and stuff, right? And they just stop. They stop taking them because because the, everything's getting bogged down. I'm like, why is it getting so bogged down? People aren't going through. It's like it's taking forever. I, it, in Tampa, you just get right through. It's unbelievable. I've never waited more than five minutes ever to get through TSA. So... They stop the line for like 10, 15 minutes, and then finally they start taking them. So now we get in the other line to get in there. And now, and now I can see the whole thing going down, why it's not working. They're, just, they're not doing their jobs. Like, they're just people just sitting around just doing nothing. And there's like four open lanes that they're not even using. And there's people just sitting around doing nothing. So I finally get through, and my, you know, when you get through the, you know, hands up deal, right? So now you're on the other side waiting for your stuff to come down the little, little conveyor belt. So there's a big, uh, one of those big plexiglass things that extends about 12 feet from, 12, 15 feet from the uh, x-ray machine. And all the stuff, everybody's stuff is just, it's gone through the x-rays. We're all sitting there waiting for it. And it's just sitting on the roller because nobody, nobody's pushing it down. And there's like two people with, within five feet sitting on their ass that could stand up and push the stuff down. So I go, so I, I, I said, well, hey, let me see if I can reach it. So I go to reach around the plexiglass, right? And I'm like, and the guy yells at me, hey, 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 don't reach. I'm like, well, can you push it down? We're kind of waiting for our airplanes here. I'm going to be late for my plane, as is everybody else. You think you could push it down? And he's like, gets up out of his chair, walks the whole five feet, doesn't say a word begrudgingly starts pushing them down towards everybody. What the F? What do you, like, nobody gives a shit anymore. So that's just, that's, so then I get to the gate and uh, Delta, wow. Nice people, seven hour delay, seven hour delay. So I missed my connection in Atlanta. They got to rebook me. But uh, thankfully, so then I'm like, okay, I got to wait here for four, another four hours here in the, in the Orlando airport. <laughs> <sighs> so 
So I'll give Delta a little, 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 a little, a little attaboy on this one. So I go to the Delta Sky Club, um, and I'm like, "Hey, I used to be a member. I'm not anymore. But here's my story, right?" And the lady's listening to me. She's listening to me, and I, you know, she's looking at my ticket. It's a first class ticket, so she knows I paid a lot for this thing. So then I take my ID. She goes, "Let me see your ID," and she takes my ID, and I go, "You might notice on there that." It, it's my birthday too. It's my 60th birthday. And she goes, Oh, happy birthday. She's like, well, you've, you've, you got a raw deal here. So go ahead in the club. And the club was sweet, baby. It was sweet. It was taco Tuesday. And they had a taco bar laid out the best red pepper. It was a roasted red pepper, Gouda tomato bisque soup I've ever had in my freaking life. It was unbelievable. The food was off the chain, Free drinks, really good IPA from somewhere in um, Florida. I forget the name, but it was really good. I should remember it. Uh, so I sat there just pounding IPAs, eating and drinking, hogging dazs. It was ridiculous. Got on my flight, finally to Atlanta. Took a snooze in the bed. Then the four-hour flight to uh, um, to uh, Las Vegas, first class. It was got a meal. I haven't had a meal on a plane in forever. Had a meal. It's fantastic. It was, it was actually you, good food. you always find a way to like. Somehow get around your bad situations. You have a you way. Of, you have a way of speaking. I've been there with you before. You have a way of speaking to people to get around a bad situation. It's all in it's the tone and the delivery. It's a gift. I will say that it's a it's a gift. Whereas I go and, and I'm like sweating. I'm like getting like blushing and everything. And it's like uh uh like I I just have no absolute conviction in what I'm saying. And they know that I'm full of shit. You got it. <laughs> You gotta own it. I am an expert bullshitter. Let's just be honest. Yes, I, I know. Am, I'm the king of the king. It's so it's a gift. You know, the good Lord has blessed me. So yes, it has helped me in the in many many situations. My kids like we 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 call it the uh, well. I can't really say it on the air. Well, why not? The JP MF and Peterson uh, vibe. Yeah, you've never you waited. A, you've by. never waited in a line in your life. It's it's hilarious to me, and you have to be around you at certain events to see it. You don't wait in lines. You get in a line. You do one of those where you look overhead, you look around, and you're like, no. there's always a way. And you're just there's like, always a way. You're just like, no, nah, doesn't work for me. Doesn't work yeah. for me. And it's not an elitist thing. It's just a zero patience. You have no patience. I just have no patience. And there's but normally it's unbelievable how people will get in lines that they don't need to even be in. Like, I'd, I'd say 75% of the time I do that, I go find another line that there's nobody in. Because people just, they see a line and they get in it. I don't know, I don't know why people do that. They do it on the, on, on, like on, the, uh, on the interstate or whatever. It's like, no, I'm not waiting in that line. No way. You go up and then you always find a nice place to grab in. You're not slamming in, but there's always somebody on their phone texting that forgets to go. When you, they leave you a nice little space, you just slide right in. You're not being a jerk. You're not slamming. You're not the guy that goes up to the end and slams in. Not doing that. There's always somebody who's not paying attention. So you slide right in. Don't wait in lines that you don't have to wait in. I'm, that, I'm that guy every day on the way to the studio. It's on the Selman in the morning. And Don't be that guy. they're like doing construction and it goes down to one lane. I'm the guy who will hold up the entire line trying to merge over because I hate yeah. being the guy that goes all the way to the last cone and just sits there. I hate that. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. And, so, and so yesterday what I was doing out here in Vegas, so I was working for this company. So I don't know if you saw the, the video on my story, but they, they, you know, they have these ballistic walls where we that 
bullets cannot penetrate. Um, my, my friend Dom, who owns the company, has come up with this incredible polymer made of recycled materials that he engineered, that, and it's like a foot thick. Like a regular concrete wall, a 50 cal would just blow a hole in it, like, pfft, like nothing. His walls are unbelievable. They just, bullets cannot penetrate. So we do these demonstrations, and I film them, and I do these videos for them, and it's unbelievable. We're sitting there with a 50 cal, like this, like Omaha Beach, you know, 50 cal, and with a belt feeder and everything. And you're like, and the wall, you know, it's splattering off the wall, but you can't, you can't go through the wall. We must have put 6,000 rounds of 50 cal through this thing. Couldn't break through the wall. It's unbelievable. I've got the video on my on my story from yesterday. I'll put some more stuff up, but it's crazy. So we're doing these videos, and we're getting out, and it was like 110 degrees out there, and it's down here in Vegas. It looked brutal. It did look brutal. It's, it's so hot. But it's a really cool vibe. It's right, It's not far from Area 51, which I had to go check out that a little bit. And um, you got jets, you know, they're, they're from the um, a lot of Air Force activity out here. So you got the fighter jets flying over all the time, and we're shooting 50 cows and shot an M14 for the first time, an automatic M14, like off the shoulder. Man, the power of those things. And then the 50 cal, they had a 50 cal single shot, like a like a um, a sniper rifle. Oh my god, bro! You and it's on a, it's on a tripod, so you're sitting there holding this thing, and you're getting. And I've listened to everybody else shoot it, and it sounds like. It rattles the entire shooting range. I mean, the, the concussion of this weapon is unflipping believable. But you put it on your shoulder, and you hit that thing. I mean, it's like your whole body feels it, the power of that weapon. And we shot it through the, at this wall for I don't know how many shots we took and couldn't go through it. It's unfreaking believable. But that kind of firepower, I, like, they, I mean, they say war is hell. I can't imagine taking one of those bullets, which is about that long, like people take those bullets and survive. I don't. I don't know how they do it. There was one guy who's in the military. Actually, got uh, was in Afghanistan. and got hit by three three fifty cal shots. I, I don't know how he survived, but he survived. He's fine. So, but man, it is uh, when you fire those weapons. That's the real deal. That is that is the real freaking deal. And um, I would not want to be on the receiving end of any of those things. No, no way. All right, um, I don't know how we got off on those tangents, but I hope you guys enjoyed that stuff. All right, a couple of, uh, before we get to the NIL deal, uh, Joel Robinson, uh, welcome aboard. I don't know if I've seen his name before. I would trade Bilal and Marco with a smile on my face, two of our worst extensions. <laughs> when, when Rich floated that, he said, you know, I'd hate to see him go. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I think I might pack their bags. Well, no. Manuel Margot, if you can believe it, other than Zach Eflin, is the highest paid player on the Rays. Eight, and eight. when he signed that contract, I was like, eh, uh, we were we, we were to, we were together when, when we looked at each other, and we were like, of all the players for the Rays right, to weird. give out a uh, for them for their standards a pretty good chunk of money, Manuel Margot, and he just has not looked right this year at all, even in no. the even in the outfield, he cost them a he cost them a game against Kansas City. Yeah, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, this is you know one of the great. Anomalies in baseball history. How can you have Otani and Trout and be like they weren't they under five hundred last year? It, like I can't. I don't know what's. It's hard to make sense of it. Like you can look at well, oh they've well, given out bad deals like the Anthony Rendon one, but like Anthony Rendon finished like second in the MVP in twenty nineteen, won the World Series with the Nationals. Like I feel like that was a justified contract to give out, and then he just decided to take a shit for the rest of his career. 
He can't stay yeah. healthy. It's like, but this year they gave Tyler Anderson like three years, fifty million or something after one resurgent year with the Dodgers. I could have seen that coming, that he was going to fail. Well, when you when you talk to Joe Madden, and we got to get him on the show, been been threatening that, but uh, we're going back and forth, getting a good time. But he, you know, the 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 Angels just have gone full analytics, like no no experience in the manager, like just shut up. Here's your lineup. Here's here's your sheet. Just do what we say. And that's why they are where they are. They're just you can't you can't go one hundred percent analytics. You can't do it. It's just stupid. They're still a well. They've developed. The they also developed. They there's like a there was like a a study done on this like around MLB draft season and like going back to like two thousand and ten, and this is post because Trout was drafted in 09, They've developed like the least amount of talent from the MLB draft that's made it way its way to the big leagues. The Angels are dead last. Yeah. In Major League Baseball, that tells you everything you need to know as well. They don't do a good a job of drafting and developing. It's a terrible organization, top to bottom. Um, you know, they lucked into Mike Trout and paid him. They're just a terrible. Organization. And Trout, the they problem with Trout, I hate to break it to people. Mike Trout's prime, it's over. That's it's right. over. The injuries are piling up, and he was struggling this year. By the way, before he got injured, this is not a typical Mike Trout season. He's just been out of sync, and that goes back to the World Baseball Classic, where he really was kind of a liability in that entire kind he of was. run. Let's yeah, just be honest. Watching that, just going. Wild. Yeah, like when he came up against Otani, and it was like the greatest at bat of all time. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, Trout's not getting a hit on this guy. He, he yeah, just doesn't have rushed. it. So he, you, you have to deal with what, like eight more years of that contract or whatever for the yeah. the back half of Mike Trout. This is like pool holes part two. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just they're a terrible organization. That's why Otani is not going to resign there, and that's why they should have traded him in the offseason. But Artie Moreno was like, "I'm not trading Otani." And I know what you said about the legacy, but you, you can't think that way, man. Rich made a you good point about way. the business part of it. Yeah, you can't think point. that way because even because I've been saying the same thing too about because I'm looking at it from a base a strictly baseball point of view. I do that a lot, and I was thinking too when people say the Rangers, I'm like, does Artie Moreno really want to trade Shohei Otani to his? I think that's like the Angels' biggest rival in their division. Of all the teams, I think it's like the Rangers. And Maybe. I'm like, you're going to trade him to your to your division rival and try to help them win a World Series? And what happens if the Rangers, because I think the Rangers are a team, if they land Otani, they'd have as good a chance of anybody that's not on the West the Coast Chapman? to land him. They already have a role as Chapman? Yeah. yeah. I feel like that would be Which, a tough sell. But if you get the best deal, you get the best deal, I suppose. I said at the time when they, the Rangers made that trade, I said the Rays, that, you know, that was because you know the Rangers are going to. We may play them in the playoffs at some point. There's a good well, chance that go, can happen. Let's go get Josh Hader then. All right. Well, let's do it. We got it. You know, what are the Rays doing? We're you know they're oh, sitting we're, on we're, their hands right now. Well, everybody's sitting on their hands. There's not really anything going on right now. Mm-hmm. We're, this is all going to come down. We still got a week Chapman to go before the movement. Chapman yeah, there's always traded. a couple trades that, that come beforehand. Like the Orioles just well, made a the Orioles just made an under the radar move yesterday, getting Shintaro Fujinami. Love that name. Uh, from the uh, okay. from the Orioles, which by or from the A's. By the way, I have a bone to pick with Greg Amsinger yesterday in MLB Network. You don't know how they presented that deal. They put up all this whole breaking news and everything, and Greg was like, "We have breaking news in MLB Network: a 29-year-old uh, Asian pitcher has been, ch- or Japanese pitcher oh, has been on. traded, and he's on your screen right now. And it's Shintaro Fujinami throwing to Shohei Otani." And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> he was trying to be funny and creative. Well, I didn't think it was that... funny. I thought we had Code Red going on right here. I thought the Orioles landed Otani, and all they did was land Shintaro Fujinami in his 8 ERA. Psych. Psych. Um, yeah, I'd like to see 
you know, the Rays do something. They, they, I'm telling you, and, and I was against Chapman because of the off-the-field stuff. And I didn't, but evidently he's got a hold of that, and he's throwing 103. So. <laughs> he looks amazing. I can't. He's so fun to watch again. I can't, no matter what you think about the guy from a personal standpoint, on the field, he's, he's just fantastic this season. Maybe he's finally grown up. All right, we got to take another break. Um, we'll hit the break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk some college football. This uh, groundbreaking NIL legislation from the Congress is out. It's on the table. We're looking at it. We're seeing what's in it. Um, this is going to be the biggest story in college football probably till the season starts. So we're going to give you a first look at it. I think it's good. It's good stuff. We're brought to you by the great folks at Extravaganza Production. If you have a an event coming up, big or small, they are the folks to help you out. They've got a warehouse full of props. Their creativity is off the charts. If you don't know what to do with your big charity event, let them help you. They'll give you a free creative consultation if you mention the JP Show. Just go to their website, extravaganzaproductions.com. Contact them and say, hey, JP said I get a free creative workshop. That's right, you do. So come on in. They'll tell you what they can do with your party and uh, your event, whatever you have, big or small, they do it all. Extravaganza Production, great folks over there. Paul Thomason and Dolly, my friends, work with them a lot. They are fantastic. So hit them up and make your party the best it can be. Back in three. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell the JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric 
cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fans Dream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Coming to you live from Vegas, where it's a thousand degrees out here. And uh, Rick or uh, Nick Geddes is back there in our RHS TV studios in beautiful downtown. That's not quite downtown St. Petersburg, but it's in St. Petersburg. We're coming to you. We have Rich Hollenberg on from his mansion in Snell Isle. He's got a great pad over there, by the way. Mansion, huh? Um, yeah, beautiful place over there. And we're brought to you by the great folks at American Mortgage Services. If you're looking for a loan or a refi, Scott Fitzgerald is the man. Contact him at scott at amstampa.com. A lot of crazy things going on in the mortgage industry right now, uh, and interest rates are going going up, but your credit cards are high, too. So if you've got high credit cards, get that refi done. Your home still has that value before the crash comes. Um, so get that, suck that money out right now while you can. Uh, talk to Scott about it. He's got all the info. 
Uh, just did a workshop the other day for a bunch of uh, realtors and stuff. He's really, really good. Scott at AMSTampa.com. He'll have a free consultation with you. He'll sit down with you and go over all your finances and tell you where you should be, where where you can get to, what the mortgage is going to look like, refi. He does all that stuff for you. So take advantage of his great experience. Um, get him at Scott at AMSTampa.com. All right, so I wanted to get into this NIL bill. If you're a college football fan or college sports fan, it's a big deal. Uh, it's... Um, being drafted, it's in a draft, uh, discussion draft is what they call it right now. And it's a bipartisan bill brought forth by Senators Richard Blumenthal, Jerry Moran of Kansas, Republican, and Cory Booker, Democrat, New Jersey. Um, you know, uh, don't, don't trust Cory Booker uh, in a lot of different things, but he was a D1 athlete, and he's been on top of this and has really done a lot, a great, a lot of great stuff with this legislation. So the bill is called the College Athletics, College Athletics, Athletes Protection and Compensation Act, and it would preempt the state NIL laws. And this is what Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, was talking about the other day, how you know the different laws in Texas and Missouri and, and other places are giving them a huge advantage over other states, especially Florida, by the way. So this would supersede all those laws and, and get put it under one umbrella. Uh, the bill proposes the formation of the College Athletics Corporation, CAC, which would be a central oversight entity that would set, administer, and enforce rules and standards to protect athletes who enter into endorsement contracts. Uh, the CAC would establish rules and investigatory process to enforce this law. There would be a 15-member board of directors uh, that would oversee the CAC, and at least five board members must be current or former college athletes. I like that. Uh, the CAC would have its own constitution and bylaws, by the way, there's 15 members on the board of directors, five of them. I think they should have five former athletes and five current athletes and five of the other muckety-mucks because I don't want the muckety-mucks having all the power. We saw what they do with it. Not good. So I would disagree with that point right there. Um, the CAC would have its own constitution and bylaws. It would also have subpoena power and could be used to compel deposition testimony on behalf of the NCAA if the if it has appropriate requests. Kind of scares me a little bit there. Uh, the discussion draft includes, but is not limited to, the following. Athletes would be allowed to have representatives such as agents, and those representatives would need to be certified by the CAC. Schools would not be able to represent athletes in endorsement contract negotiations. Big deal. I like that. Keep the, keep the schools and the players separate, and let the players have representatives. Um, point number two, schools would be prohibited from punishing athletes for receiving food, rent, medical expenses, medic, uh, insurance, tuition, fees, books, and transportation from a third party. Great stuff. Should have done this years ago. Schools also be required to cover athletes' aid until they graduate, even if they suffer a career-ending injury. So these one-year scholarships will be by the by. Uh, athletes making more than $1,000 per year would need to disclose their endorsement contracts to a designated employee of their university, and recruits would need to provide copies of their current and expired name, image, and likeness deals to the same person before signing a national letter of intent. So everything is above board. Everybody knows what everybody's doing. So hopefully keep the Jalen Rashada things from happening, where players get promised stuff, and then the Gators don't deliver. 
Well, I got to say, we had this discussion the other day about why is Congress having to solve all these problems when it just seems a bit fool. It, it seems a bit foolish that the Congress has to step in and, and <clears throat> kind of and act on what the NCAA should be doing. But I got to tell you, reading through these bill and hearing you kind of talk through all kind of the stuff, I think it's all the right things. Yeah, I think yeah. And I love the fact that it's bipartisan because we don't get enough of that, obviously, in Congress. <clears throat> Because I think everybody just—I think it's one of those things that everybody can agree on needed to be done. And I don't know if you mentioned it there, but I really love the one that just seems like an obvious thing. Um, I told you about it, where it permits underclassmen to enter the pro yes. draft. Then they would retain their eligibility if they return to school within seven days of the draft ending, and then do not receive compensation from a sports league team or agent. I think that is a hundred percent long overdue, especially yep. if you're like, a, I think for college basketball, especially because a lot of these guys, they go for like, you know, a year or two. Obviously the, the college football players, they have to play what, at least two years in college before they go. Yep. Some of yep. these guys in basketball go after a year, they don't get drafted. Then you're undrafted. And then you're basically just fighting an uphill battle to get into the NBA and get in somebody's rotation. When you can go back to school, you exactly. can make, you can make money still. And huge. This is going to make basketball to better at the pro level and the and the college level, right? Because a lot more of these guys who are being told by agents they're going in the first <laughs> round, they're going to be superstars, which is about ninety five percent of these college. Right. Uh, I, I think college basketball is in need of these changes more than college football, to be honest with you, because it'll I think, help the football players as well. Yes, but it, I, it will. But I think for this point specifically for college basketball, we've seen this kind of trend lately. Or a lot of guys are going to this, what, the Ignite League, I think it's called, and yeah. some of these little NBA feeder leagues, and we don't really see them play. And they're getting drafted in the top five, and I think as a fan, the traditional those, sense, you want to see those guys should be playing college basketball. You want to see those guys in college basketball. Yeah, like That's absolutely. why when the draft process was going on and everybody was talking about Scoot Henderson, I didn't really have much to say. Because right. I'm not sitting there watching the Ignite League, but I did watch Brandon Miller play a whole season of basketball at Alabama at the highest level. And my salt, my eyes told me that he's a, that he's a player. But then you have Scoot Henderson, you have the Thompson brothers. Uh, think Jalen Green a couple years ago went in the top five, and he's turned out to be a pretty good pro. I don't know if it makes a difference to playing in the pro league, playing in the college, what it does. But I think in a traditional sense, college basketball deserves having the best players playing in college basketball. And I hope yeah, some this, of these rules allow that. This will open it up. They, the best players now you know, can go, because they're not making a whole lot. They can make more money in college now than they can in the, in the D-League. Right. Uh, so that's 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 better for them. And now with these new rules, when they get up, not adopted yet, this is not adopted, this is still up for legislation. By the way, the the, the athletic, um, who I'm quoting from, sorry, I did not attribute here, this is the athletic uh, story. Uh, you can go check it out. Really, really good story. Very well sourced. Um that that's one of their main points now is this will clear a lot of these hurdles for these basketball players that were you know really had no choice because a lot of the stupid NCAA rules were still in place like the one that got Boba Miller at FSU uh, right. cost him 16 games his whole freshman season cost that would no longer season. happen yeah. yeah that would just it clears the way for that stupid shit to never <laughs> happen again uh, here's another good one uh, they're, they're going to only allow one transfer where you don't have to sit out so they're going to cut it down to one transfer which I think is good I think that's good overall. Because then guys will think a lot more uh, seriously about transferring. You know, I think you should be able to transfer and be able to do it one time without any penalty. But now it's just one time, and you, you can't do it within 60 days leading up to your season. Uh, a medical trust fund would be established to cover the out-of-pocket expenses for injuries and other long-term conditions resulting from athletes' participation in college sports. This is a great thing, long overdue. 
you know, guys to get their knees wrecked, uh, concussions and things like that. There'll be a trust fund where they can get some some uh, long-term care. Uh, state attorneys general can bring civil action if they believe a citizen has been harmed by a violation of the act. So that's good, too. Um, all right. Anything else in here? Uh, there's, there's a bunch of other things in here. But here's here's the bigger deal to me. What this creates now is this this college athlete, uh, athletics corporation. This kind of paves the way, I think, to bring these bigger sports under one umbrella. One umbrella, and so it's going to be uniform across sports. Where I think we're headed towards the super conferences, the six super conferences that will probably probably keep the top ninety six teams in the same division. And you can have a uh, kind of a relegation port portion for the bottom of that division where teams can move up and down. I think we have, what, 128 Division One schools right now. Uh, probably shouldn't be that many. 96 would do it, have a second level where there's relegation and, and what have you. But, um, you know, for teams like USF, that's where they need to aim to be. And this new stadium is part of it. This is what I, I love about the long-term thinking of Rhea Law and Weatherford and the people and Michael Kelly that this is where it's headed, and USF will certainly should be in the top 96, for God's sakes. You think? And they will with their facilities. They, they should be able to do that. Yeah, and, and like I said about college basketball, too, just the point I was thinking about, um, I think college basketball has suffered by not having the best. Like, I think it was oh, very God, telling. Yes. Like This year, to me, the best players in college basketball, like, I, can't, I always remember, I can't remember his name, the kid from UConn, the center. I was like, Sano, I, I don't want to get it wrong, but you know, you get my hint. Uh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Uh, the Isaiah Wong kid from Miami, Marcus Sasser from uh, uh, Houston. I mean, I think a lot of those guys, like Sasser got drafted, but like Wong, the kid from UConn, they did not get drafted. You think of Zach Eady, the, the kid at Purdue. I mm-hmm. doubt he oh, get, yeah. if he gets drafted, it's probably going to be in the second round. Like, the best players in college basketball are not the guys who are going at the top of the draft anymore. Hardly. Like, Brandon Miller was, like, kind of one of the exceptions this year. And I think that's hurt college basketball, at least for me, from a personal interest of... Because, like, you remember, like, Zion? Like, remember, like, every game was crazy when Zion was in college. It's like you had to watch it. Because I knew I was watching the best player in college basketball and the top prospect for the NBA. And it really hasn't been that way for some time now. So, I again... I can't let belabor that point enough is how much I think this is hopefully this helps college basketball. I think it will tremendously. And you're you're too young to remember the heyday of college basketball, dude, <laughs> but it was awesome. It was awesome. The, you know, you had some of these super teams in North Carolina and Duke and uh, you know, Las Vegas. Uh it's just it was it was fun. You you had, you know, four or five first round picks at you know, at some point. Even FSU had a team that had four first round picks on it. That uh, went to the Elite Eight. The coach Z coached, um, and, and they were these were and they, these teams stayed together for three, four years, and it was great basketball, man. The quality of college basketball is just compared to what it used to be is so bad because you know these kids only stay together for a year, and then you're redoing the roster each and every year, yeah. and there's no continuity, there's no carryover, there's no everything is new, so the quality sucks. But and, look at the teams that are like winning now. Are the teams that have guys right. who are staying for a longer time, and and that have experience and good coaching? Bring like a little the, the more sport, parity, yeah. The sport has definitely yeah. shifted from that standpoint. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and on the field uh, yesterday, we had Nick Saban talking about uh, he's got three guys that are still battling for the quarterback position, and you know you got to let the cake bake. Grandma Saban used to tell me, you know, I can't take the cake out too quick, son. It's going to be a mushy cake. You got to let it bake. You got to get it perfect. 
So he's saying there's no hurry right now, which tells me um, I think I think you see Nick Saban do a little you know zigging when everybody's zagging. You know everything's going <laughs> wide open football, and these defenses are getting lighter and lighter to take care of speed and spread. Now he's going to line up five big old hosses and a, and a big ass tight end and just bludgeon you with these big ass running backs. And maybe you know not not go away from the wide open game that's brought them great success. But if you don't have a quarterback that's as good as the run that they've been on, and maybe they don't, you know, I'm, just take advantage of your athleticism. It'll be interesting. I'm here to tell you right now: the rumors of Alabama's demise are completely a hundred percent overblown. I feel yeah, like I this agree. this we do this like we've been doing this the last like five or six years. I feel like. Where we go in and we're like questioning Nick Saban and like we're making these coaching lists and everything and we're putting Kirby Smart above him, right? And you can do the, well, make, make that argument if you want. <clears throat> That's fair. But to say that Nick Saban's losing it or Alabama's, or just to outright say that LSU is the favorite to win no, the SEC no, West. Come on. They're losing I, I, game one to FSU. Probably. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, right. I just, for one second, I'm, I hate when people do this because I think Alabama is, those, is one of those programs that they take that crap to heart. When you start saying this stuff, Nick Saban's putting that up everywhere in the locker room. He just does. I think they take it to heart, and typically Alabama comes out, and they're, they play like Alabama. So regardless if it's Jalen Milrow or if it's Tyler Buckner, I don't care. Alabama is going to be Alabama, and don't be surprised if they sniggle their way into the playoffs somehow because they're Alabama. They're Al- I'm just going to use that word. I don't even know if that's a word, but I used it. It works there, I think. It works, I sniggle. think. Sniggle. Yeah. Uh, if they get, it's a kind of a sneak and a wiggle all at the same time. Exactly. We're combining like words that. here on the J.P. Peterson I like show. that. Noted Breaking words. New ground. Noted all right, words. All right, so we got, a, we got a little Billy Napier sound. This is your Gator Report brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves. Big Gator fan will be uh, joining us next week, I believe, in studio to get ready for Gator football season and talk a little uh, legal stuff with you guys as well. Um, so Billy Napier, kind of against the grain a little bit. Uh, Jimbo Fisher has given up play calling duties. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz has given up play calling duties. There's another big one too. Um, uh, Gus Malzahn at UCF has given up play calling duties. So duties because it's just too much. You know, to be the CEO and call the plays and do all that stuff is just a lot of these guys are just saying it's too much. Um, so, but Billy Napier says, no, I'm going to keep calling the plays because I feel more involved. And I think where he's at, probably a good idea right now because um, he's still trying to put his mark on this team. Um, so I think that might not be a bad idea for him right now. So, anyway, let's listen to Bill, uh, Billy Napier at the SEC Media Days talk about the state of the Gators program. Not a lot of expectations this year for this team. I've seen them pick last in a, in a few polls, which is crazy. Uh, if you think about it, I think they'll be better than that. But uh, here's Billy Napier from SEC Media Days. Well, I think it's important to evaluate things in context, right? Um, we talk a lot about this in recruitment. You know, 2008, the Gators won the national championship. It's 15 years ago, the last time the Gators won the SEC or the national championship, right? So the young people that we're recruiting now, they were one, two, three years old, right? So it's one of the battles that we have is recent success. Uh, so, um, 
I do, you know, one of the things I respect about the place is people care, right? Uh, and you want a job with high expectations, you want a job where there's alignment, there's commitment, there's resources, and we have that. So uh, we are not lacking in any area at the University of Florida. Our player experience right now is as good as anywhere. Um, and I've been impressed with the caliber of people that we've hired. Uh, and I think as we continue to evaluate and recruit well and, you know, retain our people, you know, not only the players but staff, and we have consistency uh, in our process, consistency in our systems, the way we create habits, the values that we teach, uh, the big picture approach relative to our purpose. Uh, if we can keep people at the core of what we do, uh, we got a chance to do something really special. Gator fans may not want to hear that, and I think some of them, after last year, going six and seven, and how many how many players did they have drafted? Like seven players, including the number four overall pick and Anthony Richardson. I think a lot of Gator fans are stock is down on Billy Napier. I think that's wrong, and I have I have no no closer than a few you know hundred miles away from your campus to look than at Mike Norvell, because some of the idiots were saying the same thing about Mike Norvell early on. But if you were really watching what Mike was doing, if you were listening to what was going on, if you if you were listening to people talk about Mike Norvell, who I uh, and the people that I really really trust and respect, you knew something special was going on. You knew he was on the right track. Now the you know the, the, there were articles out there that oh he hasn't won as many games as Willie Taggart did in his first year and a half. Why aren't they firing him? So ridiculous, so ridiculous. You just were you were looking at nothing but wins and losses, which is obviously it, it's it's the ultimate barometer. I get it, but when you're building a program, it's not the barometer you should be looking at at all. There's no way you got to be looking at the underbelly. You got to be looking at the foundation that's being laid. And I'm here to tell you that when I hear Billy Napier talk, and it's not only what he says, it, does that sound like a guy that's trying to sell you a used car? No, no. No, that's the guy that's telling you, you know what? You don't need to buy a car right now. You don't need to buy a car right now. You're good. You got, you know, it's not time to go spend the money on the big car. Okay? You need to build your foundation a little bit more financially before you go about and buy that shiny new car. You need a little bit of patience. You need a little long-term view. We're going to we're not going to go out and chase, you know, guys in the portal that might make us a little bit better this year. Instead, we're going to use that scholarship on a guy that we think we can develop. And we're going to go get the best recruits. What are they, number two in the nation in yeah. recruiting for 2024 they're, right now? They're number f- That's the number you ought to be looking at. <clears throat> yeah, they're number four right now. And the only schools ahead of them are Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama, who have had a stranglehold on college football for the last decade, probably, those three teams. Right? That's the only ones he's trailing. He's right yeah. there. And that's my whole point. It's like, you want to judge. And those numbers matter, by the way. Yes. I know, I, 15, 20 years ago. You know, high school, you know, college recruiting, we'll give you a rating, blah, 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 blah. You know, there are so many people right. out there scouting that. This, it is totally changing. Yeah. You go back and look at these recruiting classes and look at who becomes a national champion two, three years later. I don't think we've had a national champion in the past 15, 20 years that didn't have top five classes, yes. two or three of them, leading up to yeah, their on, national on championship. The, on the high end, the teams that win championships have really good recruiting classes. There's always the right. outliers in there. Like te- Texas has always recruited amazingly well, and 
it hasn't worked out for them, obviously. And there that's those, changing a little bit with yeah. transfer and there's NIL, been the, there's those outliers. Yeah, those are right. outliers. But in the general yeah. sense, the teams that recruit in the top half, and, and I mean like the top three, are typically the teams that are winning national championships. So when you look at it from that standpoint, you can judge it all you want on wins and losses and what takes place on the field. <clears throat> but if you're going to recruit at that rate, and you mentioned, if you listen to what he said there at the beginning especially, it's been 15 years since the Gators have won anything meaningful, and I mean like an SEC title. I think that's my definition of meaningful, is winning an SEC title. And it's been 15 years, like he said, and so you're recruiting kids who weren't even alive at this point, which is, makes me feel old, uh, that weren't even there to see that. So the message has to shift a little bit, and the fact that here he is in his second year coming off, what, a 6-7 and seven season, and he's recruiting at that pace, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. I truly believe that. And listening to Billy Napier when he talks, and again, talk is cheap and all those things, and it's off-season fodder, whatever. When he talks, I, it's kind of how I feel about when Dave Canales speaks for the Bucks, but it's in a completely different way because his manner is much more calm, but it has a way of making me like really listen, right? And it sounds genuine, and he seems to yep. understand the expectation and invites it, by the way of being the head coach at the University of Florida. So I think they're going to be okay as long as they keep that up. Like, even Florida State, for as great as they've been doing on the field and in the portal, they're not recruiting at an elite rate like that yet. Like, Florida State is not even... High school recruiting. High school recruiting. They're not even... Florida State's... I don't even think they've even... Like, next year, they're ranked... um, Florida State's ranked 13. They're not even cracking the top 10 right now. Yeah, but they're concentrating, you know. Two different philosophies. Yeah, exactly. Different philosophy, both doing it. But what what I get from both guys, these guys are leaders, man. Yes. And they are are rock solid. They're not wishy-washy. They know what's going to work for them. They they know what their system is. This is not Dan Mullen coming from Mississippi State and trying to run this program like he's in Starksville. Because I think that was the downfall of Dan Mullen, is he refused to understand the weight of being the head coach at the University of Florida and trying to run it like a mid-level SEC team. And that's when you lose the fan base. That's when you lose the faith in the administration. That's when it starts. the bottom starts to fall out, and that's what happened. I can't see that happening for Billy Napier. I think he's too impressive. I think he's a really good coach. And the wins will come eventually. It's going to get tougher. With Oklahoma and Texas coming in, and and whatever happens with more expansion potentially, but this is the University of Florida. This is a big time program, and they're acting like it again. And I think Billy Napier is the right man in charge. And as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, when we went through the team this year, they're going to be a team that I think is going to focus on running the ball because of the uncertainty at quarterback. And they got, for my money, one of the best one-two punches in the country, Montreal Johnson and, and Travis Etienne, or Trevor Etienne rather behind there so i think as long as they run the ball i can see them getting to seven wins i don't think it's out of the question but i I if i'm a gator fan i'm not paying attention to the wins and losses this year i want to see growth from last year don't get to see growth you want to get see growth you want to see it in certain spots from certain players who are going to be the future of your team i wouldn't get all you know freaked out about who the quarterback's going to be because the quarterback's going to win you a national championship is not on this team right uh so don't worry about that and and, and and Napier understands that. And it's probably why he's going to keep calling plays this year because he's just like, we're not there yet, I, but I want to have control over this until I feel I've got a guy that I can hand it off to and we can be better as an organization. So, again, right. don't look around. It's, oh, Jimbo Fisher's doing it. Oh, Gus Malzahn's doing it. I better do it. No, do what's right for your team. Yeah. So I, I, if you're a Gator fan, I would yeah, stop and, freaking out. And to the stop point freaking of, out. And to the point about Gus Malzahn obviously doing it, and I'm a UCF guy, um, 
it's the perfect time for him to concede some kind of that control because he's been there for two years now and they're entering the Big 12. I mean, Gus Malzahn has a lot of other things on his plate to worry about, and that's recruiting, recruiting, and guess what? Recruiting and establishing that brand in the Big 12. So it makes sense for Gus Malzahn. It does not make sense for Billy Napier right now. 100%. Hey, we got a big story developing at the Open, and I mean big. Christo Lambrecht, who is a South African who played at Georgia Tech, is six foot eight. Have you seen this guy? He shot uh, sixty six today at Royal Liverpool. Have to say it like that. Five under. He leads. He's an amateur, mm-hmm. and he leads the one hundred fifty first Open Championship over former Yellow Jacket Stuart Sink of all people, who was last seen with the most unpopular major victory ever, snatching it away from Tom Watson, who at fifty nine years old, um, many years ago. Uh, Lambrecht, 6'8", believed to be the tallest player to ever compete in the Open. He routinely hits 325 yards drive and has a great short game as well. Just watching this guy play, it just looks weird. He's 22 years old, he's an amateur, and he's leading the Open Championship. And what's, um, what's funny about it, I, I saw his picture pop up this morning on Twitter when I saw he put out a he put a 5-under up on there, and I was sitting next to Casey. I said, how old do you think this kid is? And she goes, 38? Like, if you look <laughs> at him, he's 22 years old. Yeah, he looks like he's forty. Yeah, I can't wrap my head around it, but he's an amateur and he's leading the open. And we've seen this. Like, remember who was the kid whose name is escaping me right now? Who was doing really well at the couple majors ago? The amateur. Oh, uh, yeah, the kid who lost from his, Matt who lost yeah, Matt, his, um, lost his father. I can't remember his uh, name now. Escapes me right now. Yeah, yeah, good young player. By the way, Tommy Fleetwood has matched that sixty-six. The uh, uh, home country favorite. Um, so he is five under as well. And Antoine Rosner and yeah. a four under. Stuart Sink at three. And Wyndham, Wyndham Clark, Clark is there. Yep. at three at three under par. Um, George Spieth shot sixty nine. Former champion from a few years ago. Joaquin Neiman, uh, local Saddlebrook guy at two under par. Oh, my live guys. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patrick Cantlay and Brooks Kepka at one under. Scotty Scheffler shot seventy at one under. Watch out for him. Uh, who other uh, Phil Mickelson is one under par uh, there at Liber- Royal Liverpool after five. Yep. So a lot of good stuff going on at the Open. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Rory McIlroy is even after six holes, and Rama is six is even after six holes. So those guys got to get on it a little bit. <laughs> I good. I did want to point out too, though. I love what the the Open did. Remember how I tell you all the time, like we have all this like I don't know if I call it division anymore because now we're apparently we're conjoined now, but. <clears throat> Remember the uh, – who was it at? The Masters or the U.S. Open? I can't remember. but Or the PGA. When Kepka went after the group in front of him that was playing really slow. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it was, it yeah. was Patrick Cantlay. And what does the Open do? They stick Kepka with Patrick Cantlay in the opening group. And Hideki Mat- Matsuyama. So kudos to finally – I love when like, this stuff happens. Like let's put it together and just see what happens. Who knows? I feel like golf needs that. I don't know if yeah. anything's happened. Obviously, I haven't really watched anything this morning, but I like that we're we're like getting that together. Just give yeah. me like Phil and like Rory. If hopefully they can be close to each other, so we can get them in a group together. Uh, also, the Women's World Cup is underway. I don't want to leave the show without mentioning this: New Zealand, the Kiwis, the Kiwis. with a shocking upset of Norway, one of the favorites. Uh, New Zealand, which never been good at anything except for uh, rugby. Um, yeah, they beat Norway one one nil, and that's after a uh, they had a they had a shooter 
um, a mass shooting in New Zealand. They did? They did, yeah. Uh, the guy guy went and shot up his former work space uh, right near where the whole World Cup thing was going on, right near where the USA trains. They had an open, In fact, they had an active shooter warning yesterday, and a lot of the uh, players and, and, and press conferences and, and practices were yeah. affected. They shut them all down. Um, well, we got the USA uh, of note tomorrow. They play at 9 p.m. Yeah. Uh, against uh, Vietnam. Vietnam. That's kind of weird. But, yes. I know. I'm like, Vietnam two, in the World Cup? Interesting. Two-time World uh, Cup champions, the defending two-time champions the USA. So we'll see if they can. And things have gotten much more difficult now. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of teams in the mix. And so Sophie, we'll, Sophia Smith, by the way, is the name to watch there. There has been an official changing of the guard. And this Sophia Smith, I haven't watched her a lot, but I hear she's electric out there. And Tiffany Rodman as well. Exactly. Yeah, the new yard is taking over for the old guard, and um, personally, I'm, I'm happy about it. Um, I think they need some new faces on that squad. Some some of them a little hard to root for. I have a real problem with people taking a knee when they're wearing a USA uniform. No, real, real problem with that. Um, I, I'm all for open expression and polit and uh, make your protest. But oh, would you look at that? We ran a place out of, in time. We ran out of time today. Darn. Oh, you, I didn't get to, get to talk about Jason Aldean and CMT Television. Are you freaking kidding me, God, you idiots? God bless. What did I, I say about ignoring your 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 core group? What did I say about that last week? Morons. Uh, anyway, what great song. I've, I've had it on loop.